Hello and welcome to Legion Outpost. I'm Dave and I'm here with Adam the Computer. Adam, how are you? Oh, I am doing splendidly, Dave. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. We're using new technology to record the show for the first time, so I'm excited about that. Um, this is all part of our brave new revolution uh, to basically improve the show. The whole Signal Empire is going up a notch. Um, and I want to thank uh, the listeners and the Legionnaires who've been so active on the Outpost, man, uh, way out there in the 31st century. These guys, life and soul, basically, of Outpost, I think. Would you agree, Adam? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and as a listener, you know, I'd like to thank you for putting all the work in. So uh, we appreciate that. Are you thanking me or them? You think you I'm thinking you. Oh, uh, thank I'm you, speaking Adam. for the listeners because oh, I'm also a listener. Yes. I love it. I love it. Well, well, Adam, I'm much appreciated. We couldn't do without you, without your depth of knowledge. We wouldn't get too far just with my knowledge, as we'll be showing on this episode, where I, I made basically this is firstly this is the 21st episode of Legion Outpost, which I'm proud of because this is kind of I would say we generally go monthly, sometimes a bit more, sometimes a bit less, but we generally have stuck to a pretty monthly schedule. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, uh, it's always a pleasure. And this episode we did, uh, we've done one classic comic, uh, is it adventures 307? Is that right? Yes, sir. Yes. Adventure comics 307, um, which has a fantastic Lana Lang and Superboy story at the start, which I just enjoyed so much. And then, um, <laughs> and then we, we did Legionnaires book two, and this is where your knowledge is really going to be called upon because, I, gee, I enjoyed it, but sometimes I was lost. But then I had to keep remembering this is a reboot. This is why people had different names <laughs> and you know, just keep Dave, you know, kind of guessing. But, uh, yeah, a fun read, man. I, I will say up front, um, a, a big read. Like, I ploughed through this all week. I timed it perfectly. So I was doing like 100 pages a night. Uh, good, good read. Strong read. Uh, and I sort of want to get into what your thoughts are on the reboot. Uh, at that time period. Um, but I think, um, sorry, go ahead, Adam, you about to say something? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, um, we mainly, you know, the, the only ones I actually read were yeah. uh, the the main White Triangle story arc. I think you read right. the whole thing. I did. Um, but I read Legion 70 through 72, yeah. Legionnaires 27 and 28, and Legionnaires Annual 2. That said, you know, I probably remember some of the other stuff, but if I don't remember everything, that's fine. Well, that's okay. I mean, there was plenty of plenty of stuff going on. I mean, it was a busy book, um, and I mean that in a really good way, I, I felt. Like, the White Triangle stuff was fantastic with the Daxamites. Wow, I didn't know these Daxamites were so nasty. Um, they're xenophobic and they're just, they're crazy, basically. They're like crazy versions of Superman, like, you know, really. Yeah, it was kind of, um, you know, because a lot of times people call the reboot uh, Legion the Archie Legion because they Archie. say the stories are kind of simplistic. Oh, um, really? Yeah, you know, like Archie comics, right? Yeah, I think it's maybe more to do with the art style. Is maybe a little more. The art is the art uh, definitely know, like does a... go towards that Betty and Veronica at times, and I say at times because not all the time. Yeah. But um, actually, I enjoy, well, I I enjoy it. Yeah, so. I mean, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, like this, I would say is not very archy with the yeah. uh, xenophobic uh, Dexamites for sure. Yeah, killing a whole planet, and you know who they reminded me of the Kryptonians in Superman Two. You know, Zod and his little offsiders. Um, when yeah, they're, I could see that. When they're floating sure. around in the black uniforms, because I, I mean, gee, I haven't seen Superman 2 in like 20 years, but 
you know how Zod's in a black uniform and I think his offsiders are, I can't remember, but that's what they reminded me of at times. They were like the evil Ursa versions. and Nan. Yeah, yeah, those guys. And I'm not talking yeah, about sure. I'm not yeah. talking about the um Zack Snyder, I'm talking about like back in the day, uh, Terrence Stamp and, and those guys, you know? Uh General Zod. Um but yeah, no, a lot of fun. Now yeah, should we it was totally You know, classic. I used to prefer uh Superman two, but now mm. I feel like I, I feel like I might prefer the first one a little bit better now nowadays. Yeah, I mean, I I would have probably seen Superman two. You hear me, Dave? Yeah, I can hear you fine, man. I, I I would have probably seen Superman two more times than Superman one. Superman one's a better movie, but Superman two is fun mm-hmm. as well. Good movie, you know, very yeah. very fun movie. I I liked Zod, and and yeah, for I sure. liked, and you know, yeah. it was nice seeing. Oh, no, I was just saying it was nice seeing him face um, not Lex Luthor, you know, because mm. we see him fight him so many times. Yeah, and am I right in saying my memory is bad, but at the beginning of Superman 1, you do see Zod get sent to the Phantom Zone, don't you? I believe, I think. I think in the in the council at the start of Superman Yeah, that was 1. a pretty cool little, uh, yeah, like a little uh, cameo there. That's pretty neat. Yeah, definitely. I thought it was cool. And that was because he was shooting Superman 1 and 2 back-to-back, I believe. Uh, um, what's his name? Richard Donner. Oh, is that so? Yeah, okay. yeah. And then he got fired off the project or left the project, yeah. I'm not sure. And he got replaced by Blake Edwards for Superman 2. But he did shoot a lot of the stuff for Superman 2. I don't know how much, but but a big chunk of it You know, was shot by Richard Donner um, back in the day. Yeah, I mean, to the extent that we have a Donner cut, right? So that's exactly. kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I tell you what, though. I mean, yeah, it's cool that we have a Donner cut, but, like, ever since the Snyder cut, people calling for different cuts of movies is starting to get tiresome, you know? Where they're like, I, I don't really need a David Ayer cut of Suicide Squad. <laughs> I, I Yeah, I just don't need it in my life. It's not that good a movie. It's a horrible movie, actually. And it's like, you know, all the, like, I, I know directors... Well, I think cuts, that's the point, though, right? Uh, well, but do you really think that he left a really good movie on the cutting room floor? Do you really think there was that stronger movie there based on what you saw? Um, I don't know. Probably not, no. But, yeah, it was probably a better movie. I actually kind of liked the first one well enough. Like, yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen it since it came out, but I thought it was pretty fun. I thought it was fun, yeah. I thought it was fun. But Hey, also, sorry. It, I feel like I keep... Sorry, I, f- I feel like I keep talking over you. I think there is a slight delay, so I just oh. wanted to let you know I'm not trying to be rude. I just no, you're right. <laughs> it's hard man. to predict when to talk. Oh gee, well, I mean, if it gets too bad, we'll, we'll just we'll just go back to our old style and uh, just keep recording, as we always do. But yeah. I I'm enjoying it. I I think that um yeah we'll we'll see we'll see we'll see when it all comes out in the in the wash and maybe we'll go back to the backup. But I think it's worth a try, just for the sheer novelty factor. Yeah. Now. Turning to Legion matters, Adam. Uh, I feel that the first thing we'll do today will be the Adventures comic, just to kick us off, the classic. Uh, would you agree? Yeah, I think so. And uh, I didn't tell you when I picked this, but the whole reason I picked this one is because they're both dealing with the introduction of Element Lad. Yes. Now... The first part of Adventure Comics 307, which I was loving, was Alana Lang's Superboy story. Did you get a chance to read this story, Adam? I didn't. I didn't. Oh. I always skipped the Superboy. Oh. oh, my Lord. Like, 
look, well, I'll take care of that story. The storyline is very simple. Basically, Lana is she's moves in with the Kents because her parents are going away. She almost looks like she'd be old enough to take care of herself, but she goes to the Kents because her parents are going away on a trip, and she is just one hundred percent focused and obsessed with revealing uh, Clark Kent to be Superboy. This is like her mission in life. And she a bundle of tricks up a sleeve. Like, she's a tricky girl. Like, she puts stuff in, like, um, X-rays in a, in a suitcase with bricks in the bottom so he can't use his X-ray vision because he'll mess up the X-rays. And then, she, you know, he has to do these tricks <laughs> to, like, remove the bottom out of the bag and so that the bricks fall out so that he can lift it and not be proven to be Superboy. Like, she gets red kryptonite from a neighbouring town and brings it to him. And he loses the ability to speak because of the red kryptonite, and then it's like the hijinks in shoe. I mean, she is one motivated gal when it comes to trying to prove uh, that he is Superboy. And what do you think of that? Do, do you do you find that gets tiresome, or do you enjoy it? I find it, you know, pretty charming. Like hmm. uh, as long different twist each time, or something like uh, one time Starboy premiered with Alana Lang. Hmm pretty much so it was kind of cool you know having him there and they were mm. doing their their hijinks so i i kind of like it me too i think it's it's and what what period would this have been would this have been like mid early 60s like what what period in dc was this do you know 307 uh this would have been 63 april okay so that's around the time that spider-man launched isn't it around 63 yeah good point yeah i think yeah. so well, and you definitely do get, uh, like, this feels like a 50s comic, even though it's a 1960s comic. You know what I mean? Like, you know how DC, what yeah, kind of moral really, school. Um, yeah, they're not really pushing things forward um, for a while, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's still Smallville in the 50s, which I, have, of course, adore. You know, uh, Mama, Ma and Pa Kent in the general store, that kind of stuff, you know? Superboy's lab. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. his trophy room, I mean, just so much gold. And I always like how Superboy will have, he has the telepathic thought machine, but then underneath the object, he actually has the description, like in plain writing, like captured, you know, on the planet, such and such, by the alien, this and that. Like, he's very specific about his items. Like, he has the full backstory there beneath the item itself, just in case anyone's wondering, like, you know, where he got it. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's preparing for his uh, fortress. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's he's kind of it's kind of like the kiddie version of his fortress. Um, so I mean, I'd yeah. give this storyline a nine out of ten. I very much enjoyed it. It was classic. Uh, then we turn to the Element Lad story, and I knew there would be a link. So as soon as I saw the mystery boy, I knew who it was. You know, and he said his name Jan. I was like, oh yeah, this is Element Lad. I know this guy. Um, and it was fun to see that, like, you know, this was his first introduction to the comics, Adam, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, this is one that I don't think I've read before, so it was fun for me to see his oh, introduction. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that, that would be cool. And, and I mean, like, just the way it was, like, the mystery of what's his power, what's his power. Uh, and, you know, I, I love the way he keeps him guessing. I, I don't know, why, why was it? needed to be so secret i I didn't understand why he couldn't tell them like (laughs) yeah i kind of agree with you i think the idea was if they knew he was alive that they would try to track him down and take him it pretty much what they did i guess they tried to take him to work for them right right 
Um, yeah, but why did the yeah, other legionnaires couldn't know? That's what I didn't understand. That's a good point. Yeah, you would think that you know you could trust the other legionnaires. If you could trust one legionnaire, you should be able to trust all of them, right? I like especially the way, one yeah. at random. Well, I like the way Saturn Girl knew, but then she was doubting him as well. She's like, his thoughts are very closed off. Maybe I've made a mistake in trusting him and all this. I'm like, wow, Saturn Girl, like showing a lot of faith in your new team member here, like automatically accusing him one of Yeah, and that's like every Legion story. There has to be somebody to like, oh, is he betraying us? And it's like, no, he's not. You never, they never are, except sometimes they are. Yes. Yeah, occasionally <laughs> like they Nemesis are. Nemesis kid. Yeah, occasionally they yeah. are, but but like mostly they're not. Um, look, enjoyable, and and I do feel that like um, compared to the Superboy story, which is very much something that could have been written in any time period, like prior, like it could have been nineteen fifty five. You 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 do feel with this Legion storyline that um, it's still that pulpy sci fi, but like I feel like they're doing quite a lot with it. It's quite a busy storyline. I mean, I'm looking at it now. A lot of lot of dialogue, a lot of action. It's that classic kind of nineteen fifties style sci fi, um, but it's it's kind of ambitious and they're moving the story. And I feel that the Legion stuff it feels more a flavor of that time period than the Superboy, which feels like it could have been done ten years earlier. If you know what I mean? Yeah, I think when you said things in Smallville, it really um, you know has a certain feel where the Legion always had the space thing going for him, right? Yes. So they, you could kind of feel more like the Adam Strange or, yeah. you know, Rip Hunter type vibe. I did want to call out, this one was by Ad, Edmund Hamilton and art was by John Fort. So it, so Ed Hamilton, uh, I, I know this from a bit of Superman research, was a very well-respected, I believe, sci-fi writer uh, before he he came to comics. Um he yeah, was, and that's yeah. that's pretty awesome as a fan to have someone of you know a good science fiction pedigree. You know. Yeah, well, um, I think that was a big part of. Um, I forget who it was, but Julie Schwartz and Mort Weisinger, Weisinger both had big ties to the old school sci fi community when they came into mm-hmm. comics. That that was where they basically you know met and everything. Like they they really came from that field of of kind of literature and stuff and fiction. And I, I I'm strongly believe that Ed Hamilton was a very well-respected kind of writer um, who then did all these comics, you know, which is cool, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and had a big hand in the Legion in this era. Um, I was going to say, uh, I, I don't think we have much else to say with this one probably, no, but probably I was going to say the villain here, Roxas, Yes. You might not recognize him, but he was the villain in the five years later. Story. Oh, um, God. Yeah. <laughs> now that you say that, the name rings a bell, and oh, my yeah. God, that is just... You know what? Out of all the stuff we've done on Legion Outpost, I've enjoyed everything but that. That was a challenge. That was a... Ch- <laughs> now, that was... I love it so much. That was, that was a chore. You know, like, um, I, I don't... I don't know. I, I feel like I'm pretty loose and easygoing with Legion. Like, I enjoy most of it, like, including mm-hmm. the stuff we did today. Like, I, I, I like it. You know what I mean? That was a real... And when I say challenge, I don't just mean for me, personally, the, the material. I think that would have been challenging material for, like, many readers, you know, at the time. Like, oh, yeah. You know, like... Yeah, it was a month. challenge for me when I was getting into it. Yeah, yeah well, I get it. Challenge yeah. not accepted. Uh, mission... It's rewarding, you know, though. It's a rewarding challenge. Well, I don't know about that, man. I mean, I can think of many more awards I'd rather take. Some of the easy pickings, the low-hanging fruit. That's right at the top of the tree, man. You know, that's that that's that hidden fucking apple at the top, and you're like, 
can I even be bothered getting that apple? Do I really need that apple? Yeah. Oh, I can be bothered. I can be bothered. Let me ask you this. Do got you the want... issues, got the omnibus. I was just about to say, as long as you, you, you're talking big words, and I was like, do you have the omnibus? Well, yes. Okay. So, you, yeah. you put Hey, I even had to pay a premium for that thing because it was out of print. How much so, were you spending yeah, like, you know. US for that? Like over there, how much? How much? 150 US or, or less? Um, I think I got it for like 175. It's cover price 150. Yeah, so it's not too um, I should have ordered yeah. it and I could have got it for 75. Oh yeah. But I didn't. Yeah. That 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 always hurts though when you when that you know you you know you want to get something. It's like with Superman Batman omnibus. I kind of convinced myself I didn't need it. And then I woke up one day and I was like, why the hell don't I have the Superman Batman omnibus? <laughs> like I've got all these other fucking <laughs> yeah, books. And partly for me though it always is if I feel like I've read every single issue at the time, sometimes, sometimes mm-hmm. I, I, I'm like, do I need to get it when I read it, when it was coming out? Like, will I read it again? You know? And, but I, I woke up one day and I was like, seriously, Dave, you own like world's finest, you own all sorts of shit. Like get the Superman, Batman, Omnibus by Jeff Loeb. Like stop fucking around with your life, you know? Well, sometimes, too, like, if we just had the power of, you know, a little bit of foresight to know that these things are going to go super out of print and yeah. it's going to be stupid expensive to get it. Like, I saw this book uh, not too long before, I don't know, six months ago, mm. and uh, you could buy it and you could buy uh, some of the Silver Age Omnis, mm. and it was like, buy two, get one free. So wow. I could have gotten yeah. all three of those books for really cheap. But by the time I bought them, that five years later, Omnibus and the Silver Age Volume Two mm. were like super out of print. So I had to pay a little bit more than I would have wanted. But yeah. overall, I'm still doing pretty good because I found some really good deals on some of the other books. And you, you've done really well recently. You've got, haven't you, got the full archives collection now um, of Legion? You're saying the so, last one that I need was supposed to come in the mail. The mail today it was Volume Eight. So right. uh, once that comes, I'll have I think every. Legion beautiful. collection. That's so, beautiful. That, that's fantastic, man. Like, yeah. I tell you, um, yeah. As I've gotten older, it. as I've gotten older, I've realized these things go out of print that you think will never go out of print. Like when I was first collecting, like I didn't realize stuff trades went out yeah. of print like as much as they do. These days, I'm a lot more. I, I've I've learned be aggressive, get it, throw it on the shelf, and you don't have to worry about it. You know, um, and and at the same time, I, I've divested myself. Oh of yeah, certain, I hear you. I uh... go ahead. Sorry, I, that was another thing with the timing being off. Oh. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I was going to say one thing that I um, regretted. It's from the delay. Yeah, I don't. I understand. One, one of the things that I regretted was uh, Hitman. When that came out in trades years ago, I should have just bought it at the time, and I didn't, and it's mm-hmm. totally been out of print ever since. It's annoying. I own it all digitally, but that is, see, that's one I'd love to have the omnibus or just the trades for, like on my shelf, you know? Yeah, and I'm sure it's even harder for you being in Australia. Um, I just feel like, you know, it's probably even harder to get your hands on some of this stuff. Ah, uh, yeah, it's it's exorbitant. Like, I wouldn't pay. I mean, I mean, yes, it would be possible for me to collect all the Hitman monthly comics. I could get those, but you could get the trades, but you'd be paying stupid prices, and I'm simply not prepared to do that. You know, for you know, for that material. Like, but it's annoying because. It's same with the question trades. Like I should have bought the question trades when they came out, 
But the thing was, I hadn't read those comics when they came out, even though I knew I would like them. Um, and I can't believe que- the question trades are out of print. Like, I think that's ridiculous. Um, that I think question... And I wouldn't say Garth Ennis, Hitman. I mean, they would sell, you know? Like, Garth Ennis is Hitman. If you put that in, in a trade, that would sell. I mean, he's a name that sells. And that was a 60-issue run, you know? So it's it's a decent-sized run as well. We're going to reprint it. I think it all comes down, unfortunately, mm. a lot of times anymore, with, to pre-orders, right? Because yeah. um, they were going to do that one, and then they canceled it once the pre-orders didn't happen. Same with oh. the five years later, we're going to do a series of hardcovers, but instead they did an omnibus. Right, yeah. Um, so, I don't know, just... That kind of stuff, unfortunately, doesn't matter with comics anymore, it seems. I was going to say an annoying thing for me is I have all the Dan Slott Spider-Man trades, Uh except I was missing one. It was like towards the end of his run, Uh so you'd think it would still be available, but it went out of print, and I've been trying to find it on eBay. Found one, ordered it, and it came, Mm. but it's like a, a European version. Okay. So it's just annoying that the trade dress is different. Is it? It's it is a, actually a nicer. Like, it's in English. Paper and everything. It's in English, not in Spanish or something. Yeah, it's in English. Okay. Well, it's not too bad. But yeah, that is annoying. Yeah, English, the trade, but it's just the, uh, the trade print. That's yeah. Well, I have like probably you know his he has a pretty long run, right? So mm. it's like probably mm. I don't know forty trades, Jesus. and then this one is different and it's black like the rest of them are white and this one's black so it just stands out you know that's funny and so they are all soft covers or are they hard covers i have all soft covers except they do have one hard cover which is the dying wish which oh. is where they kill him you know right yeah um, so yeah that's annoying too but not as annoying as this other european yeah version. yeah um yeah no it's it's interesting this is the joys of collecting comics is not like there's a lot of uh back and throw and it's like what's in print what's out of print like i'm really looking forward to uh the question omnibus and they've just announced the moon knight epic collection i think volume i think volume four which includes the start of chuck dixon's moon knight mark specter moon knight run as well um so it covers the stuff at the at the so they covered the to the end of the munch run then there's a couple of other specials your mini series and then they start with the mark specter moon knight that chuck did for you know 30 odd issues um, and so that covers the start of that. So I'm pretty happy about that as well. So that'll be good. Now, let's just turn our attention to... Yeah, man, uh, you love Chuck. I do. Uh, well, I think I, I mean, I think he's such a solid, good writer, and I think his Moon Knight was awesome. Um, now, turning to this uh, Legionnaire's book too, do you want to give us the, the 10-cent pitch on the White Triangle saga? Give us... I, I know they were mentioned previously... And and also, can you do me a favor? Can you can you kind of outline the reboot and what it meant, and then also the White Triangle saga? If you can sum up those two things. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, first off, uh, we have the Legionnaires trades. It's two volumes. That's how you can read uh, the this reboot. But basically, this was after Zero Hour. They uh, decided, hey, after jumping five years in the future. And doing that whole deal, like things have gotten kind of complicated. So they yeah. just wanted to reboot, reset, fresh continuity. Um, and we had covered the first couple issues that introduced the reboot. Yes, um, yes. Didn't seem like you were really feeling it. So that's why I kind of just thought we could do the white triangle out of order. Yeah, yeah. But, um, Which is fine. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, the here basically they don't have a tie to Superman. Mm. Uh, they're just kind of inspired by 
RJ, well, they're not inspired by RJ Brand, but RJ Brand, they rescue him, and he is inspired by the superheroes of the 20th century. And then the Legionnaires are then in part inspired by the Legionnaires of the 20th century. Um, one little quirk is there's always this hint that RJ Brand is actually Martian Manhunter. Really? And uh, they kind of basically end up confirming that by the end. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, and so this is basically the run uh, goes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this run basically goes uh, around. See, they they started this series like, or they started this reboot mid volume, so they went from <laughs> Legionnaires number eighteen, which was not the reboot continuity. Yeah, so they uh, they went from issue zero, and then they went to issue nineteen of Legionnaires, and then they went forward for about sixty issues. Um, and then that's when Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning came on, and they continued with the reboot. But to me, he's a little stronger than this stuff. I like their run a lot. Um, but yeah, as far as the White Triangle, basically that was uh, a plot thread that was in the book, I think pretty much from the beginning, mm. um, where there's this Daxamite hate group that mm. was uh, plotting. Uh, I think they actually plotted the assassination of R.J. Brand, they mention here. Um. Yeah, uh, mm. but yeah, I think a lot of people point to that as one of the stronger storylines of this reboot. Which I, I thought was really good when I, we reread it. I, I think, think it was really strong. I, I, I look, I enjoyed the whole book, but uh, but but, and it was very soap opery. But I love that Daxamite stuff, that that White Triangle stuff. I think it's kind of the spine of the book. It's a really good book, but I think that's this really strong spine. That that um, it felt like it really mattered. If you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, it definitely felt like this was kind of like the mission of the book, um, you know, up to this point, trying to build on this storyline. And can you explain something? And one to thing me? that you'll yeah. notice in this uh, just, story. Yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to ask one thing. What is the one thing that confused me was there was a Legion of Superheroes book and the Legionnaires book. Was that just an excuse? Because it seemed like the story continued in both. It, it didn't feel like there was two different stories. It felt to me as a reader like it was just almost like the Superman triangle stuff. It went from one to the other to the other to the other. Am I right? Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, for a long time, at least, it was like the triangle era where it was back and forth. You know, it was basically one comic just right. every two weeks. Uh, there was a time where the Legion, part of some of the Legion was lost in the 20th century, like during uh, Final Night. Uh -huh. And at that point, it was kind of like you could read them separately. Right. I think one of my problems, honestly, with this run is the fact that it was um, that it was done that way. You know, I almost feel like I would have liked two separate stories, two separate, you know, teams or something. Sure. Um, Interesting. I I will say this. I look. I I enjoyed it. I honestly, it was a big read that I took on. I I took a big chunk. I took more than we needed, but I just got. And by the way, this morning my Legion book two got delivered. Legionnaires book two. It's been pouring here like it's torrential rain, and the idiot didn't put it in front my front door. He put it in my letterbox, and I realized that last night. I went out this morning and got it. The the whole package was sodden, and I'm thinking this book is going to be screwed. I open it up super delicately, and it turns out it's absolutely fine. Dry, perfect, totally by luck. All the cardboard around it was all literally sodden with rain, but the actual book itself, undamaged. What a miracle. Yeah. And so 
and I just I, I slam. I couldn't believe my luck. I just put I've it on had my that a few yeah. times. Yeah, it's 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 the best feeling though because you just like, you know, they're supposed to put it on my doorstep and where it's totally sheltered, but they jam it into the letterbox, and um and I've had you know multiple books where that's you know been ruined, but um yeah, so I was pretty happy with that. Now yeah, let's so let's I, I will say this. I, I really like the start. The start where you have Saturn Girl going into Chameleon's mind and seeing like all the dead legion or sort of like the, the legionnaires kind of in stasis and then they wash away and you see the skeleton. I thought that was such a strong start. And I and uh, looking at it now, there is a kind of very soap opery kind of almost, as you say, Archie, like a kind of more adult Archie kind of style of artwork. But I really enjoyed it. I I, I thought mm-hmm. it was it was really kind of upbeat and fun. If you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the main artists in this era were, um, uh, uh, geez, what's his name? Uh, Jeffrey Moy. He did like a lot of this stuff. Right. And then the other one is um, Lee Motor, who co-created Stargirl. Okay. So those are the main guys here, um, but yeah, this this guy was a fill in, the, Mike Collins. So, but yeah, I I think the art was really interesting. Um, yeah, I I thought I thought so. I, I thought the artwork at times in such a big book, uh, you could tell they were rushing on a couple of the group shots. But that's inevitable when we're dealing with the Legion, which always has a cast of you know a lot of people. Um, it didn't happen often. Yeah, but and sometimes there was... you know. Yeah, there's several fill-ins here too, so that's maybe part of why some of them look a little off. Mm. Can you update me on, uh, in this book that I just read, uh, Lightning Lad, okay, mm-hmm. he's out of the Legion here and he's not with Saturn Girl, am I right? And then he kind of comes back in for a second where Cosmic Boy gives him the ring back and then and then the President takes him out of the team again and, and Cosmic Boy doesn't put up a fight. Can you give us the backstory on why Lightning Lad is kind of like not a legionnaire and why they want him out? Yeah, so if I remember right, they kind of just decided he was a bit of a hothead and he made a few mistakes maybe. It's been a long time since I've read this once again. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically each planet kind of gets to pick their nominee and then I think their planet or the United Planets decided they'd rather have Ayla as their oh, his sister. So his sister Livewire, yeah? Yeah. Livewire? Is that a name? Yeah. yeah. Uh he's Livewire, she's Spark. Spark, here. right, yeah. They changed some of the names. I um I liked her as well though. I thought I really liked um the storyline where he's always obsessed with trying to find his brother who's Lightning Lord and that the team up that that Spark and Livewire do against him. I thought that was a really good issue. And he loses his arm in it. He gets blasted. That was one of the things with the reboot is it felt like they were always kind of trying to hit some of the same that they did in the uh, the original continuity, right? So That's Lightning cool. losing his arms. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of, kind of neat. Yeah, you almost wish... Um, I don't know. I guess you could maybe compare it to like Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. Where Ultimate Spider Man a lot of times would try to hit the same kind of notes as original sure. continuity Spider Man. But you know what? I don't mind that. And I actually read an essay, I think it's in book one, because I, I, I did read a little bit of book one like weeks ago. There's an essay at the start by Mark Wade where he's talking about how him and I assume the other writer is it Tom Pyre, 
were were bouncing. Tom Pyre and um, uh, sorry, I was gonna say Tom Pyre and uh, Tom McCraw actually right. does a lot of the writing too. Okay, so they were bouncing around what to do with the Legion, and they kept going around and around and around it, trying to work out how to get themselves out of sort of continuity kind of like you know field glitch and and sort of labyrinth. And they just couldn't get until finally they said we have to just redo it, we have to reboot it. They was, they were pretty much like there's no other option. It's it's gotten too complicated. I appreciate that. And I, look, I I want to ask you, you. You're more in touch with the Legionnaires. You know, you've been out on the outpost a long time. I'm a visitor. Um, I I appreciate. You know, I love classic. Everyone knows I love classic. If I have my way, I'd be reading Kerry Bates. You know, but I do appreciate what they're doing here. And I think the comparison Ultimate Spider-Man is a really good comparison. And I think they do a pretty damn good job of it. <clears throat> Although I am glad it seems that they went back to the classic in the end. Now, where are you on it in terms of that? And also, what do you think the the wider Legion fan base felt of it? Do you know the sort of... Can you read the tea leaves there? Yeah, um, personally, I, I like it. Uh, I don't think that necessarily this era of what people would call the Archie stuff is necessarily as strong as mm. other eras of the Legion. So, you know, I really like the Levitt stuff. Yeah. I really like the Abnet and Landing stuff that comes a little bit later. Sure. But um, for me, it's not quite that strong. Like, I've read it all. It's not super memorable for me. But, mm. you know, I'm going to enjoy a reread and see uh, how, if I feel any differently. Uh, one thing to remember, though, with the Legion is... Um, Paul Levitt's really got a very rare opportunity to kind of write the end of the Legion. Yeah. Because if you look at his run, he did like the final Mordru story, the final Time Trapper story, the final, you know, Fatal Five story, Emerald Empress. Um, you know, he killed off Legionnaires, married them off, yeah. had them leave, you know, had Brainiac Five leave. Yeah. So really, it's like by the time he was done, like, it's going to look very different if they continued on. Yeah. So I get why they did the five-year jump to kind of be like, uh, you know, things continued and they didn't go well, and then now we're back together. You know, I think that was the only way to really do that at the time. I but totally I also agree. see how by the end of the five years later, they kind of felt, yeah, by then they kind of felt like they had to reboot. Yeah. Um, I, you, we haven't really gotten to it, but in the five years later, they, they introduced a team of clones of the Legion. Right. And they're younger. And yeah. that's where the Legionnaires book starts with, is this team of young clones. Oh. Um, so that's really confusing as a collector now when you're buying, you know, you pick up Legionnaires issue one expecting the reboot, and it's, it's not this five years later story still with these younger teammates. That was a really good book uh, back when it was uh, the issue one and stuff was really good. But uh, yeah, I can see why they rebooted. Uh, I just don't necessarily find this to be the strongest. I think a lot of people agree with me. I agree. Um, I agree with you. I don't think it's the strongest. And, yeah, I, and you. I don't. Yeah, yeah. It's not the strongest. I, I think it's good. You know what I mean? Like I, I enjoy reading it. Um, I don't think it's the strongest. But I, when I think of the strongest, I think of Paul Levitz. I think of Carrie Bates. I think of the classic. You know, it's tough to beat the original. You know, uh, and yeah, and, exactly. So yeah, I guess that is to say that I think a lot of Legion fans would agree with. Us, I guess yeah. I should have said. I mean, Bendis, but, um, Bendis is way worse than this. Way worse, you know, in comparison. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I'm not trying to pick on the guy, fuck but him. I do think fuck it's him. probably Go after the him. weakest stuff. I don't mind going after Bendis on this show, 
Because I tell you what, I've had quite a few legionnaires reach out and say, oh, we like the way you're fucking going. Uh, you know, you, you call it as you see it, Dave. Hell yeah, I do. <laughs> you know, and... Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I guess, it's at least, it's definitely the worst high-profile yeah. run. Yeah. You know, like, there's things like, Gail Simone came on and did five issues that I didn't think were very good. Yeah. But, like, it was when she was first starting out. Sure. So, like, I don't know. For me, like for a high-profile writer, high-profile book, I think it's probably the worst it's ever been. I mean, I also don't really like the stuff that's coming in those Before the Darkness volumes super well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think that's super strong. No. But uh, yeah, I can't really think of. Oh, you know, another thing would be uh, Legion Lost in the New Fifty Two. I thought it was pretty not great. So Rich loves that one. <laughs> that's the one Rich loves. <laughs> I think he was confused. <laughs> I don't know. But the good thing was he praised whoever did it when we had them on the show, which was great. I was like, yes, yeah, like, yes. yeah give them some yeah. praise. Like, let pump up their tires a little bit. I, I, I didn't. I'm not going to correct them and go, no, no, you're you're, you're praising <laughs> on the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and got, to yeah. his credit, I haven't read it all, so maybe it is better than I know. But yeah. yeah. Um, now I've got some questions uh, so, and some things I really enjoyed. So, okay, I I know I'm not an expert, but. I was proud of myself that I realized Valor. I'm like, is that like a sort of like a, a Monel kind of substitute? And then by the end of the issue, he's literally appearing from the Phantom Zone. And, and I'm like, this is definitely Monel. Like, it's the same storyline. Like, Monel <laughs> yeah. gets poisoned by Lead, Superboy. It even says Superboy puts him in a bloody Phantom Zone and then can't cure him. I'm like, that's literally what Superboy did in the original comics. Um, and then at the end of the volume, they go back in time travel, where I assume they meet Connor Kent, not Kal-El. Am I right? Or, or do they meet the original Superboy? Yeah, exactly. This time around, it's uh, the Connor Kent Superboy. Yeah. That he... Who, was that in his sunglasses era and all that stuff? The classic 90s Superboy? Uh, yeah, yeah. The awesome. jacket, yeah. Yeah, the jacket, Yeah. I was a huge fan of Superboy in that period. I, I thought he was one of the coolest characters. Um, and, you know, Young Justice, that kind of era, that kind of stuff that he had going on. Mm -hmm. Now, I also... See, and you know what? You've got to give me some praise here because uh, what's her name? Um, Andromeda, the Daxamite, yep. xenophobic Daxamite, who technically sort of betrays them but then also flips on the betrayers, winds up being imprisoned. Uh, Brainiac 5 cures her... Am I the only one who noticed that he almost, in a weird way, seemed to kind of like like he was really upset, which reminded me of his infatuation with Supergirl back in the day? Yeah, so Andromeda, she first appeared in the Five Years Later stuff after they got rid of Supergirl and Superboy out of the continuity. And she was kind of supposed to be Supergirl, um, you. only, you know, she was from Daxham this time, so... Uh, she's actually a really cool character. I prefer her in the five years later stuff where she's not a xenophobe. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, I always liked her design. I uh, yeah. liked her uh, stuff with Brainiac. I thought that was cool. I now are you proud of but me? Good for job, being Dave. A, thank you. I th I I was as I was so reading proud. it. As I was reading it, I, I was putting the threads together. It is really like Ultimate Spider-Man in that they're kind of riffing a lot on sort of classic stuff a bit, and as well as doing their own thing. I also felt a really powerful scene in what was often quite a light comic a lot of the time. Like, it was lightish. You know, I can see why people make the Archie comparison, which I think is also the art. But it's it, but suddenly when those Daxamites go and destroy the planet of... Is it Trom? 
and they just annihilate the planet. Um, that was a dark moment, and I felt a very powerful moment in the book. Um, you agree? Yeah, I totally agree. That's kind of something that always stands out to me when I think about this era is just how like uh, grim it can be. Like you also have the white triangle, and they're going around vaporizing interracial couples. Oh yeah, they're just um, they're just killing couples. I almost thought we had a same sex kiss on one panel, which would have been you know exciting for the times. But it was it was an alien to human kiss. But but I I, I also thought, and maybe I'm getting too deep in my old age. But if you recall, this came out in the 90s. We're still using a lot of ciphers. Uh, and that did feel like it was almost like uh, a bit of a play on sort of like gay hate crimes and stuff. You know, like going after minorities, basically. Minorities in general, you know. But like, you know, like back in the, back in the say, 60s and stuff, like segregation. Can you imagine like topics like blacks and whites kissing in comics would have been a touchy topic in some parts of the US? And... Uh, like, you know, same-sex couples kissing in, in, in comics was still controversial in the 90s, you know? Um, or at least noteworthy. Um, would you agree yeah, with sure. my kind of comments? Yeah, I mean, I'm going very deep. It's about as deep as I get, but do you like my kind of pretty <laughs> critical view here? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I agree with everything you say. Uh, that's one thing with the Legion is there was a lot of, like, coding i guess this is what they call it of yeah. gay characters um yeah. so like we already know that shrinking violet and uh live wire or not live wire shrinking violet and spark, spark in this book but yeah yeah lightning last you know had a kind of a gay relationship it was kind of hinted at you did you say know, that some people to might me. disagree about how you did say that to me and and, uh, and yeah, yeah some people yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna say some people might say it was more explicit than the other. I'm not trying to take a side. I just don't really remember. So you know, some people are like, "Oh no, they were full on gay," and I'm like, "I don't know, maybe they were." But uh, also in this run, uh, Invisible Kid, mm. he always gets these love notes from somebody, right. and it it's really hinted at that it's this other male reporter oh. who is Chemical King, who used to be in the old continuity. Wasn't he Here, a bad he's just guy? a reporter. In Chemical King, wasn't no, he No, not guy? Chemical King. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm not sure who you'd be thinking of, but uh, Chemical King, he was a legionary, more uh, like green. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's hinted at through this run that he's getting these love notes from him. Right. So that was kind of a nice wink to the fan who always kind of, I guess the term is shipped them. Yeah, wow, it's a very that's a very kind of millennial term. I like the way you're bringing that in with the youth. <laughs> I, I said to, just yeah, an aside to bring in my real life. I right now I'm struggling. My my back my back went yesterday. Like while well, I was sleeping actually, so not last night. My back went completely, and I was in so much pain. I still am. And I I said to the young guy at work, I said, "Treasure your youth." <laughs> <laughs> I just said, like, forget about everything else. Just take a second when you're 22 and have no pain. Enjoy that moment, please. You know, that's my life advice to you because it, it only gets worse <laughs> and worse. You know, it gets darker and darker and darker and it's going to wind up um, Skynet, you know, Terminators fighting in the streets, tanks rolling through. We've seen them in Ukraine. That's where the darkness comes in the future. Right now, though, take a moment, treasure your youth. Treasure those hips and backs that aren't hurting. You know, just wanted to put that out there for any legionnaires. You know, I know we've got old and young listening, and I'm on the old category. Don't worry. But uh, if you if you're a young guy, and Adam, you're a young guy. I mean, are you pushing even thirty yet? Have you have you hit thirty? Uh, 
I'll be 30 in like a week. Yeah, well, enjoy that last week. <laughs> but man. I will say my back hurts right now. My back does hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually finally made an appointment for a chiropractor just to see what that does. Good. But yeah, I need to get. I need to figure my stuff out. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's no good. It's have you ever seen the Caribbean enthusiasm episode where Larry gets stoned and he he smokes his joint and he talks to himself in the mirror. And he goes, get 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 the get that check, get that fucking check, you pussy. And he's he's pointing to like a like a little freckle on his face. He's like abusing himself and not taking care of himself. <laughs> I do not remember that, but I love Larry so much. He's hilarious. It's it's an earlier, but he's like, get that check, you fucking pussy. <laughs> I love when he curses too. It's hilarious. Yeah, I know it's great. I I haven't caught the latest season yet. I'm I'm going to sit basically binge it. Um, I, I just love it so. I, I've been saving it up because I just love Kirby and Tiertham so much. I honestly, for me, it's just it's the most fun watching. Like I enjoy pretty much every episode of Curb. I've I've enjoyed. I think there's always something to enjoy. Oh yeah, um, I was gonna say he one had a Super Bowl commercial. I think that was pretty fun, and then two, I think there's some kind of like a I don't know if it's like a documentary miniseries thing right. on him coming out to HBO. But it looked like it was gonna be like funny. I yeah. don't know. I don't know what Good. it was, but there's something coming out with him. He, he'd never go too. He's not the guy who ever goes too serious. You don't know. He, he I think he's got yeah. that self depreciating humor just down. Pat basically like he's a he's a funny guy man like really like you you think of people who can just make you laugh and a, a totally uh sort of almost fearless in making fun of themselves as well like he really has no limit almost it feels like you know like it's all right for comedy which I like that that sort of style you know oh yeah nothing's off limits with uh with Larry that's good stuff. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, now I wanted to bring in something that was confusing me so. Um, firstly, Leviathan being called Leviathan instead of Colossal Boy was confusing for a moment. Um, I don't know why they yeah. want to change the, like, I don't know why you want to change Colossal Boy to Leviathan, like, frankly, other than to confuse readers. They just wanted to get rid of some of the boy names, I think. Um, sure. boy, lad, last stuff. Yeah. And I think they probably would have gone with Colossus, but, you know, they have, um, the Marvel yeah. character. Okay, now... Then we had Ultra Boy. Is he still called Ultra Boy? Cause, yep, and okay. he's not a le- member of the Legion. He's in that other group, the Workforce. The Workforce, yeah. Uh, that also has Karate Kid, yeah. um, Spider Girl. But basically, uh, they work for a guy called Leland McCauley, who is a villain all throughout this series. And mm. even when we did the Abnet stuff, that's yes. um, who... Ra's al Ghul was impersonating. But they don't realize he's a villain, do they? So they, they hate him, but they don't think he's a villain villain, do they? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I think throughout, you know, maybe they learn more. Kind of like a Superman, Lex Luthor right. relationship, maybe. I, I've got a question then. So, okay, so Ultra Boy's there, and I love Ultra Boy. He's one of my favorites. And I loved him in Legion of Three yep. Worlds where the three Ultra Boys are all together, and they're all the same. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, But... Yeah. Who is he in the relationship with? He's hitting on Tina, but he, she keeps Tinya. saying, Tinya, but you've got a girlfriend. Who is the girlfriend that, that he's supposedly cheating on? I was confused. Uh, his girlfriend is called Spider Girl, uh-huh. who has uh, powers like the Medusa character at Marvel, where she moves her hair right. in humans. Right. Yeah. She was also in the workforce, so I guess technically that was his girlfriend. Right, but he really has his heart set on Tinya, yeah? Correct, yeah. And is she apparition? 
Yeah, Phantom Girl Apparition. Thank you. Well, no, see, I, look, I am connecting dots here. That's what I thought. I'm because again, I'm like Phantom Girl is such a cool name. Like Apparition is not bad either, but I would go with the name that was the classic. Uh, okay, so we had that Karate Kid's belly in it, although there was a very good scene where he fights one of the Daxamites and Gan wounds him before the Daxamite throws something into his leg. Um, that was a cool scene. Yeah, that was pretty kid. cool. Yeah. yeah, and um, it was just surprising that he was able to hurt him, you know, even though they already kind of established how powerful they were. Yeah, I, I guess, like, uh, Karate Kid, I mean, he, his only power is karate, so they've got to maximize it where yeah. he knows how to hit nerve clusters and stuff, you know, which is what I assume he must Oh, yeah, hit, for sure. You know, like, and yeah. then, does he recover from that, or is that a crippling blow, or is, is there a full recovery for a karate I think he kid? said he breaks his leg or something. Okay, but that's recoverable, you know? Um, for, you mean the Daxamite? I think the Daxamite broke his leg is what I meant. I oh, yeah, the Daxamite breaks his leg, but then the Daxamite, if you notice, throws like metal at Karate Kid, which fully got embeds in his leg. Did you see that? Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah he does. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, he full-on like hammers Karate Kid with this with his metal that goes into his leg, and Karate Kid actually goes, ah, ah, my leg. Um, And the Daxamite just goes. Let's see. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm fairly confident that that's mm. what happened. I, I enjoyed that. You I like the page Karate. number on that. Oh, no, I'll, I'll find yeah, it. Cool. I'll oh, find here it is. It. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, he does have something there. Hmm. Yeah, but... Yeah, I think he's okay, though. He's Just okay. a flesh wound. Just a flesh wound. Like getting shot on the shoulder in TV shows, you're totally fine. You know? If you get shot on the shoulder <laughs> yeah, in a TV show, it's almost just like a scratch. <laughs> like, that's fine. <laughs> I wouldn't personally like to be shot on the shoulder, especially not my serving shoulder, but if you get shot on sh- in a TV show, it's like, you're fine. You'll be you'll be around next episode. You might be in a sling yeah. for one episode. We, we could try it once, I guess, you know, if I had to. <laughs> I'd be like... Hey. It's, especially if they're wearing Kevlar, too. I feel like they like Kevlar is like uh, yeah. Superman. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Yeah, they're like... If you're wearing Kevlar on a TV show, you can just take anything, basically. Like, it never lands anywhere but the Kevlar. Like, it never hits you in the face or anything. It's always right on the Kevlar. Like you know. <laughs> It's like a bullet magnet. I did like uh, the espionage squad. So we have Chameleon Boy, Invisible Kid, Shrinking Violet, Phantom Girl, and uh, Triad, mm. uh, you know, Triplicate Girl, all in the... Uh, uh, what is it, espionage squad, which is always kind of fun to see them get together because their love powers are more defensive powers. That sneaky. Do, he even know. says we're sneaky, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, that was awesome. I, I loved – because you before have said espionage squad, and I've kind of been like, they're lame. And this time I was like, yeah, I like the espionage squad. They're cool. Like, yeah. you know, they, yeah, they are cool. They're tricky. Were they wearing, like, fake gloves and stuff? Because when they're flying... Yeah, I think they yeah. had, like, fake hands on. That yeah. was pretty funny. I was like... At first, I thought it was an apparition, and then I was like, I think they're actually wearing, like, prosthetics or something. Like, they're, they're wearing they're wearing actual disguises, which is cool, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that's that's pretty awesome. Um, there was good fight scenes, too, with Ultra Boy when he was having to fight in the Daxamites and he was switching between his powers. You know, he has one power at a time kind of thing. I thought that was a cool scene. And, gee, it makes me think... I guess they've done it animated, but Jesus Christ, you could do Legion as a movie or a TV series. You know, if you if you give it a bit of a budget, yeah. like it's and definitely so make Ultra Boy uh, like the Wolverine. You know, yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, speaking not of... the Hugh Jackman Wolverine, but like the comics Wolverine, where he's like the kind of like the brawler guy. Yeah, yeah, I like that. 
No Timberwolf? I didn't see any Timberwolf in this, am I right? Yeah, Timberwolf doesn't show up till the Abnet stuff. Right, okay. Um, so no That's what's kind of interesting, is some of them they make sure they bring in, like, right away. Mm. Some of them they might skip, like... Uh, uh, Mad Reader lad shows up in here, but he's the cook at yeah, the yeah. headquarters. He's Which she noticed yeah. because he just he she has like a bit of metal or something, and she's like, "You can have it if you want." He just starts eating it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and then there's also some characters that are new to this, right? So there's Excess. She's the speedster. Love her. Um, and then Love there's her. Kinetics, who's the redhead. Yeah, I like her a lot too. But yeah, Kinetics is the redheaded one, um, and I, I, she's kind of hard to define what she really does. Um, but she's like lost her powers or something at this she, point. She is she a bit like Forge or something? She can create stuff, sort of with a mind from objects, but then she loses her powers. So I sort of forgot what she even did. Um, yeah, you could be right. Uh, yeah, I think she can like manipulate matter somehow, but it's just like I don't know. And I don't really feel like they ever did much with her. Speaking of a crossover, I do want to mention Legionnaires. You should be checking out flashbacks on the Signal of Doom page because. With mm-hmm. the excess, you get the backstory with the Tornado Twins and where she comes from. Yeah, that was in that was awesome. uh, Wade Volume 5, I think. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I enjoyed that so much. But in this one, she talks about, doesn't she talk about the, the how, how the Tornado Twins weren't used to being heroes and all that stuff and blah, blah, blah. Like, doesn't she give the whole backstory? Because I was like, I love this character. I, oh. lo- I love the speedsters, man. I love the speedsters. That might have been in a part that I didn't read. Um, okay. But yeah, and what was cool is that Wade was writing both books. So he yeah. took uh, Impulse and Excess and he, he he introduced them probably around the same month and then, uh, you know, was able to keep writing each of them. And she mentions Bart. She mentions Bart in, in the little flashback bit she mentioned oh, yeah, cool. like yeah no I, I really enjoyed it and i love speedsters and i love the fact that in the future you've still got a good old-fashioned speedster running around and she's like god these legion flight rings are so slow i need to get on ground so i can speed around it was cool yeah i like that especially if you're gonna be like uh no kryptonian ties in this yeah. reboot it was cool to have somebody you know carry on the legacy from the 20th century definitely now we're sort of getting towards it, wrap up, but I want to talk about what do you think about the Valor Monel uh, dilemma and how they're treating it. I, I sort of was, I thought it was pretty enjoyable how they were sort of teasing it, teasing it, teasing it. So every Legionnaire worth their salt, including myself, kind of knew what they were alluding to. It was pretty clear, you know. Yeah, that is cool. Um, yeah, in the reboot here, he's almost treated as a a deity like yeah. a triad people on her planet they actually worship him um because he uh in the 20th century is the one that uh seeded the united planet so like i think he rescued a bunch of people from the dominators right. and helped them resettle on different planets and that's what formed all these alien uh cultures in the future so that was kind of cool um wow i like that a lot do you know? I don't know if you remember this, and and I, I I I'm not sure if I'm right, but I believe in Man of Steel. They also tried to make out that the Kryptonians seeded and had colonies on other planets. Uh, I was told this. I I don't remember if that's true, but I believe that something along those lines. Do you recall that from the Man of Steel movie? Not really, but I was pretty bored. Yeah, <laughs> well, so was I. I was um, massively bored, but yeah. but it was like as if the Kryptonians had gone out and um, seeded planets and stuff, and had had colonies other than Krypton. I guess that was maybe their objective, because I know they're trying to terraform Earth, you know, mm. in that movie, that giant machine. Um, 
I was going to say, oh, something else that's interesting is uh, in this version, his spell, his name in the old continuity was spelled M-O-N-E-L. Yeah. Because it's supposed to be like Kal-El. Uh, here it's spelled M, comma, O-N-E-L. It's Martian. And he's named by uh, uh, R.J. Brand. Uh, so that's another hint that uh, he's the Martian Manhunter. Oh, right. And his <laughs> code name was Valor. Is that right? Like his... Uh, I think his name. So what happens is when he gets introduced, he was Valor in the past, mm. but when he comes to the present, he doesn't want people to know that he is um, Valor. He is Valor. So I right. think that's when he starts going as Monel. Okay, and don't forget, didn't didn't Superboy call him Monel because he came on a Monday or something? Isn't that? Isn't that? <laughs> I thought that was. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So, I mean, that's what the when people talk about classic, let's not forget that's actually was the original. So it's not always gold back in the day. Like, you came on a Monday, oh, yeah, so for I'm sure. call you Mon L. Right. <laughs> and yet I love it. But uh, my uh, daughter, I have this pack of they're called uh, DC Comics Pocket Superheroes, and there's one of them that comes with Mon L and Lightning Lad. And I had an extra, so I gave her the Monel, and she like loves this little Monel action figure and carries yeah. it around everywhere. And she cool. makes me carry around the Lightning Lad one, so I always Love have it. him in my pocket. But it's just kind of uh, cool that you know she's going around to like preschool and she's or not Mon-El. preschool but daycare, yeah. and she's got a little Monel action figure. Good on her. And I love it because it's kind of like I mean to the mainstream, quite an obscure character, obviously not to DC fans, but you know, like it's not it's not something that you know. My mum dad would have ever heard of. It's good that she's got such a random yeah, little sure. one. You know, I like it as well. Um, yeah, and it's cool that you can just say, hey, you don't know who that is. That's Superman's brother. You know? Superman's brother. Is he his brother? He's I mean, buddy. in the sense that he kind of adopted him as his yeah, own brother. Yeah, true, yeah. I was going to say, he's <laughs> yeah. His, yeah, before he pranks him and fucks him completely. like <laughs> <laughs> For a thousand years. <laughs> then he's like, yeah, one day I'll uh, I'll get around to fixing it. At least with Candor, he actually did get around, finally, to fixing it decades later. Yeah. But with Monelli's like, I just can't seem to work it out. Like, it's just too hard. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. Um. Look, honestly, we've done an hour on it. I I really look, I really did enjoy it and I guess I, I view it look, it's not of the caliber or the depth of, of the classic or the Levitts, but it is a hell of a lot of fun and I do think that as a reboot, um, it is very similar to Ultimate Spider Man in that they riff a lot on the original stuff and put their own spin on it. They also bring in their own storylines. The White Triangle saga is, is actually, I thought, very strong and powerful uh, and, and lifts the whole book up a notch. And honestly, by the time I got to the end with Monel, I was like, man, I'm happy to keep reading. I'm happy to buy the next volume when it comes out. Um, I'm, I'm proud to have it on my collection and I'm super glad I actually did get it because I was right on the fence of whether to get it or not, if you recall. I was very much like, is it worth it, you know? Yeah, I hear you. Um, luckily, you know, you can get them pretty inexpensively. Oh, definitely, um, yeah. yeah. I'm actually, I'm looking at mine on my shelf right now and they're pretty, you know, nice little trade dress where I like the spine of it. The first one's this nice blue, the second one's red. Yeah. It'd be cool just to have, you know, the different colors there. And they're a nice size uh, one thing too. I did, they're a nice size as well. They're nice and thick. Oh, yeah. They're like um, almost as thick as my uh, Before the Darkness Volume 1, and that's a hardcover. Yeah, so. and you know what? They're about as thick as many an Epic Collection. They're, they're like Marvel's Epic Collection. They're around that thickness, you know? 
Yeah, they're between a complete collection and an epic collection. That's it. Say, like in that range. That's it. Um, I did want to say one thing was uh, we actually lost two Legionnaires, right? So mm. Phantom Girl gets killed. And that was sad. That was, that was sad. The Phantom yeah. Girl got killed. I, I didn't actually expect that, to be honest. I was like, what the fuck? Like, She's not really dead, so good. I'll tell you that. Um, I don't really remember how they resolved that, but I do remember they kind of hint at something here. Where, um, she's part, uh, uh, shit. I Surely you Card- can tie it, she's- tie it into her apparitions or something, you know, like she's like a ghost. Yeah, I think that's part of it, but also this might be unrelated, but she says, um, or she's from, uh, the planet Karg. Her dad is from Karg, which is Triad's planet. So she actually has three bodies. Ah, right. Really? Yeah, and there's a character in L-E-G-I-O-N, that right. series, um, that is one of her other All right, and famously didn't... Um, what comic was it where they swapped the two characters from Legion and uh, some one of the Legion superheroes? They literally swapped the two of them in time, remember? Yeah, that was from early on in the five-year-later stuff and also pretty early on in the... Um, L-E-G-I-O-N series, where if you read both series around that time, it's pretty cool where you see them swap. I think that's, really, I think that's really cool. I think that's super cool. You know. Um, now, uh, as well, Andromeda's not really dead, though. She's just in prison. True. Um, yeah. She does a weird thing where she becomes like a space nun, which I'm not really a huge fan of. No, neither am I. <laughs> and did you recognize this other character here that was dead? Or the statue? No. Who was it? So that's Kid Quantum. Uh, later on, there's Kid Quantum 2, which is his sister, and she's oh. in like Legion Lost, which we liked. Yes. Um, this character, he was originally introduced in the Five Years Later stuff as like a Lost Legionnaire. So oh. do you remember the Triumph from JLA? Yes, I do. I remember the Grant Morrison yeah. issue, yeah. Well, it's kind of like that, where Triumph was introduced as a Legionnaire, or as a Justice Leaguer that uh, was lost to history or whatever. Right, yeah. That's what this guy was, Kid Quantum. But in the reboot, they did this thing where he was uh, kind of a really cocky legionnaire at the beginning. Right. And he didn't have actual powers. He relied on technology. Mm. And his belt or whatever it was that gave him his powers fritzed out, and he gets killed. And so from that point forward, reboot, they institute this rule that you have to have natural powers, which was kind of cool because that was a rule they had in the in the old series, oh, that is cool. Yeah, that that is cool. Um, there was something funny that I forgot to mention in the classic issue we did. I love at the end of it where they think Element Lad's dead and then he's not, and then and then I think Saturn goes, maybe we can bring back Lightning Lad back, Lightning Lad back from the dead <laughs> one day. <laughs> like that's literally how yeah. it ends. I, I just laughed. I was like, I love it. They're just they they're, they're starting to fan the flames for the readers. You know, like he can come back, he can make it. <laughs> and it's like also the fact that he wasn't dead, like yeah, I know. right, like he had a helmet on or something. That's true. He? He, he got rescued. But, uh, he didn't actually die. He got rescued by um, Invisible Kid, who put the helmet on him. But um, but just <laughs> and the way she actually, said that, in, you know? I know she's like really got her fingers crossed. But uh, <laughs> in that story, they're actually referencing the next issue is whenever Ayla, his sister, comes in and pretends to be Lightning Lad. Right. I think we did that one. But yeah. she comes in, the team disguises Lightning Lad, 
and uh, yeah, but it's actually a little bit longer until he comes back to life. But good on yeah, them. I fun. love that kind of stuff. Like it's so obvious and on the nose, but it's it's charming in its way as well. I find I, I, I it puts a smile on my face when they do that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So by the end of the yeah, Legion, I is... wonder if they're. Uh... Go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say I was. I'm wondering if they're like trying to address some of the readers' letters or something. For sure. You know, just sure. give them a little bit of hope. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of them would have been kids back in the day, like, you know, 10, 10, around 10, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12. That would have been a lot of their readers, yeah. you know. Uh, it was a more innocent time sure. as well. You know, they weren't used to permanent death kind of thing, you know, in kids' things, yeah. I guess. Like, so, yeah, it was it was great. And, look, I loved it. And, and so when it got to the end of this, is the storyline where they go back with Superboy fun? Because I wouldn't mind doing that storyline if they, if they go back in time to Superboy. That would That sounds fun. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, it was just good to see them do the Legion, uh, the Monel story again, right? And have it with. Uh, is it is it a few Connor. issues? Is it like a you know like a four issue or five issue arc, or is it like one and done or what? Yeah, I think it's maybe like two issues of Legion and uh, one issue of Superboy or something. Well, we should definitely do it. I think it could be a shorter yeah. show, but I would I would maybe we do those three issues in a classic issue because I would I would actually enjoy saying that you know that cool. would be fun to me yeah i look forward to that too uh i was gonna say hopefully they'll release it and trade for you but uh yeah. i was just looking the first volume of this came out in 2017 mm. the second one came out in 2018 mm. so it seems like they've kind of lost track of this one so well, who knows if we get a volume three i'm sure we can always sell the high season get a, get you know the individual issues they're not gonna be that hard to track down oh yeah. um, you know i got them yeah i was yeah. gonna say i've already <laughs> I've, i know i've got them already so i'm not too worried um, yeah, no, look, honestly, I'm going to give my score. So I'm giving 9 out of 10 for the classic issue, including the Lana Lang stuff. Okay. I'm giving a, let me think, for Legionnaire's book 2, overall of the book, I'm giving a 7.5. For the white triangle section, I'm giving an 8. I, I think it's the strongest okay. part of the book. The book overall is a very good read, and I think 7.5 is a very decent score, and I very much enjoyed it. It was a good, solid, fun read, you know? Yeah, one of my complaints about these kind of collections, even though it's nice they include everything, it can kind of derail the story whenever you're reading issues of Legion and Legionnaires. And then they have these, uh, there was a story in there about a science police officer. Oh, yeah. Um, that was just done in like a random, uh, it's called Showcase. It was a separate book. But it's like when you're reading through, it can kind of derail mm. your flow when you have all these other things pulled in. But, I tell you something I enjoyed that I remember, and maybe this is what you're talking about, the episode where that science police officer who's been assigned, she's reading through the Legion, um, she's reading through the Legion, like, notes, and then there she's doing little stories uh, on each one. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, oh, yeah, I think that was... I think that was also an annual. It that was, wasn't what well, I was referring to, but yeah, that was cool. I loved yeah, that. Yeah, so I the, loved the three that different annual. origins. Yeah, I loved that annual. Yeah, that, that annual. was cool. Really good. And also, there's a character I meant to mention. He gets he's very brief in the latter part. Um, he's kind of like a cowboy spice um, science cop. He's awesome. Yeah, I was going to mention that too. Yeah. Who is I he? I thought you'd like him. I love him. Who is he? I, who is he? I need to find out more information on this guy. What was his name? And what's happening with him? <laughs> Dude, I don't remember ever um, seeing this guy again. Let, <laughs> let's let's see if we can find his name and do some Just live research. Deep dives uh, on this guy. Because I knew when I saw him, I was like, I love this guy. Adam's going to know that I'm going to love this guy too. Because he was like a sort of cowboy. <laughs> he was like a, he said something like he was like a space cowboy or something. He actually said that. Like, 
Yeah, they were in Texas, I think, and he was like the science police. His name's Buck Bond. <laughs> and it's just cool that he had like this cool name. Yeah. Let's see, Buck Bond, DC. Let's see if he appears ever again. He, he appears in one issue. Wow. Wow. That's a shame, actually. Yeah, I thought so. so. That was his first appearance. So I thought he was like a long-standing character, the way he's blazed onto the page, and he had plenty to say, and he was just—he was just ready to go from the jump. I loved it. <laughs> I know it's a shame. Uh, you know, maybe we get Bendis, get a hold of Bendis, ask him <laughs> yeah, to yeah, bring book, Bendis, book yeah. back, so he can really fuck <laughs> with. You. No, give it to Tom King, who can give him PTSD as well. You know, like <laughs> how about suit book bond? By the way. By the way, um, Legionnaires have been have been kind of discussing the Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow by Tom King, which I famously can't stand after I read the first issue, and you are defending it, Adam. I love that series. You're uh, crazy, man. Yeah, okay, but I'll tell you what I... Uh, you're, you're welcome to have your opinion, but I'll tell you what I don't enjoy. He killed Comet. <laughs> he killed Comet, man. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, you... Why dude, do... fuck Comet. No, not fuck Comet. And dude, also... he's creepy. He's not creepy. And where the hell is Streaky? Because Streaky better be safe from the fucking Reaper if Tom King's involved. i tell you yeah, what. she's not in it. Yeah, well, firstly, she well, should be in it. Like, that's the other thing. She should be in it. Comet as well. Like, why do they have to kill Comet? Like, he's been around since the fucking 50s. And, and Tom dude, King... look, you know, none, of that, Mike, none of that Tom King stuff is in continuity. Unless it's oh, really? like Batman or Heroes in Crisis. Really? I don't think so. No, I don't really think so. Okay. Right. I don't think so. I mean, it is until it's not, maybe, but it's not like it's going to be like, oh, did, we can never tell another Comet the Superhorse story. How did Comet die? T- tell me. Break it down to me. Like, what happened? Did she? Did Comet sacrifice himself, or what happened? First off, I just want to say that you did kind of like Tom King's stuff until <laughs> Batman and Catwoman did not get married. That's which I agree true. with you was not a good. I've never forgiven him. Movie. I've never forgiven him. I'm, as far as I'm concerned, he's still in the bad books for me from that in, from that, from that moment yeah. on. But I, I did read Supergirl issue one and thought it was the most boring, ponderous storyline of all time. I was so bored during that story. But what happened with Comet? <laughs> just tell me what yeah, happened with fine. Comet. Um, just tell me what happened with Comet. <laughs> So, I don't know. I mean, he goes off to save Supergirl because um, he's, like, getting killed and he dies uh, and transforms back into his human form. A senator or something, wasn't he? Wasn't he, like, a senator uh, or something? Something like that, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, he's he's dead. He saves her. But, really, the upsetting thing to me in that story <laughs> was um, not with Comet, but the thing was that the whole story is him. It's basically True Grit, and he's trying to, or she's trying to help this little girl find her dad's killer. Right. And they get him, mm-hmm. and she convinces. It's to the point that Supergirl's upset about the death of Comet, and she's going to kill this guy. Good. And then this girl convinces Supergirl not to, and there's this whole inspirational thing about, you know, we shouldn't kill him. They put him in the Phantom Zone. Yeah. He's in the Phantom Zone for hundreds of years. Uh, They get him out, and he's like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. You know, I shouldn't have done what I did. Can you ever forgive me? And the girl hits him on the head and kills him. The girl, the girl oh. whose father uh, he kills. Oh. Yeah, and so Supergirl and this girl, they basically get him out of the Phantom Zone after 300 years after he's reformed and repenting, oh. and then they kill him. Right. And it's like, why would you, like, why would Supergirl do that? Like, yeah, makes no sense. 
he's a reformed person at that point. Like that's so out of character to me yeah, that a super stupid. person would do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not against the idea of it happening in comics, but in reference to Supergirl doing it, especially when in the own storyline, she didn't kill him at the time. And was she still so grieving Comet and the girl's father? Is that why? Or is she going a bit crazy herself? I don't know. It seemed like they kind of moved on at that point. It was like hundreds of years later. Like, the girl was still, like, upset. But how is the girl still alive? I don't know. I just don't get how what is... he was trying to say. How is the girl still She's alive? She's an alien. Oh, She's right, an alien. Okay, right. She's yeah. an alien. I think there's also something about life. So who uh, killed her? Supergirl stuff, or the girl? The girl kills her, but Supergirl's there. Like, they get together to get him out of the Phantom Zone. Oh. And then she hits him on the head. And I think the implication is that he's dead. Oh. And I'm just... I don't know. I can't think of any heroic character that would make that choice. I don't even see the Punisher uh, uh, killing someone that's... Well, he would kill. I mean, the Punisher would have killed him in the first place. Um, he No, but he wouldn't him. have put him in jail and let him, like, you know, make make right and then kill him. I don't think. Maybe I mean, not. you know the Punisher more than me. Maybe not. I mean, put it this way. He'd be a lot closer to doing it than Supergirl ever would. You know? Um... If the Punisher did imprison someone who then got a light sentence for something like child rape or something, he would probably kill them as soon as they came out. You know, if you felt the court. Okay. If you felt I mean, the yeah, and, and, yet, and yet, though, and yet I went with the Punisher and we're still kind of like, yeah, maybe, but this is fucking super great. No, no, I totally agree. Like... I, look, I 100% totally agree with you. But this is, again, Tom King doesn't get the characters. Um, he just wants to tell his own story. He doesn't give a shit about the character's motivations. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not even going to get into it, but it's it's Tom King misreading the room once again. Not even a surprise. Uh, you yeah, killed I Comet. I don't really know what he was trying to say. Fuck Comet, dude. Nobody cares. <laughs> I can't. Look, I mostly care about Streaky, and I just fear with Tom King getting his hands on Comet, like, Streaky better be hiding under a couch or something because... You know, yeah. it doesn't take long before... Guys like Tom King have no idea, though, man. <laughs> they just want to tell their own... Like, seriously, in all fairness, what you're pointing out is you're 100% right, but guys like Tom King don't give a shit, you know? Um, they're so lost in their own hype, their own bubble. They're surrounded by the Mitch Gerards of the world telling them they're fantastic. They should tune into Signal sometime and get some real honest feedback. They suck, you know? That's it. Well, I will go on the record saying I do like a lot of Tom King's work, and I do like a lot of Mitch Jarrett's work. Yeah, but fuck Mitch Jarrett as he, well. Man. Tom King has this thing where he does something right at the end that the Supergirl, he did that, and the other one I can think of, well, a lot of his Batman run I didn't love, but uh, the other one that really bothered me was this Strange Adventures. Yeah. Uh, the Adam Strange one, where in like the last couple issues, spoiler yeah. alert, spoiler yeah. alert. Spoiler. He... Uh, he has like uh, Adam Strange basically turns out to be the villain, yeah, and his wife twist. kills him. Wow. Okay. And it's like, yeah, yeah that's, that's the thing. I mean, it's out of continuity, probably. You know, I don't think they're the going to never use him again. But dude, that's the classic, like. But why? It's, I don't know. It's I don't get cheap it. shock value, basically. That's it. Like they dress it up as being as as if it's deeper than that, but really it's just cheap shock value. Yeah. Like that's that's what it is. Like. It's been around for as long as fiction's been around, just the, the shock twist end, you know, and uh, Tom King is guilty of it, but he dresses it up. He, he covers himself in PTSD, mm. bullshit defences and all this kind of stuff, and the illusion of depth, you know? I'm not saying he's not a decent writer. I, I actually don't mind some of Tom King's stuff, but in terms of, like... I mean, I do, I do think there was more to it than maybe my... Yeah. 
Well, there's more to it than how I described it too, but I mean, that's the gist of it where I did think there was some really interesting stuff in that book, but it's just like things like that. I'm just like, why, why do you have to do that? I mean, should I invite him on signal and you can just grill him about it? I'll say, I'm going to throw over to Adam. Uh, No, I'll, I'll, I'll say, hi, hi, Tom. How are you going? What, what, what the fuck happened with Comet? And then he's like, oh, you know, Comet went out, the hero. And then I'll say, you know, fuck Comet. I'm not worried about Comet, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) I I bring up uh, your favorite character, Holly Robbins. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, no, and and I'll say you portrayed Holly, you portrayed Catwoman, you portrayed Ed Brubake, you portrayed everything they're ready to stand for. What have you got to say for yourself? He's like, I don't know if I want to be on this call. Answer the question. I'll be like, answer the question. <laughs> you know, like you, you, you're live on Signal now. This isn't Patty Cake Town. This isn't just people blowing smoke up your ass. You know, we we could really. It'd be funny to see how long we could get with Tom King before he hung up. Probably about five minutes. You know, and he's like, "I'm out. Fuck this." <laughs> yeah, Adam. So I think we've come to the end of what's been a pretty exciting um, and fun uh, episode of Legion Outpost. Um, I do want to say to the Legionnaires, um, if you can contribute to the Patreon uh, for Signal of Doom, that covers Signal of Doom and Legion Outpost, um, it really helps. Um, so patreon.com slash Signal of Doom. Look, I'm not trying to break anybody's bank. If you can contribute anything, you're helping pay for show costs, basically, and it greatly helps me. Um, now, Adam, any closing thoughts? And are you quite happy to do the Super um, Boy Legion one next time? Because I think that would be fun. Yeah, for sure. I'm down for that one. Yeah. Uh, it'll be fun. Uh, a live update, though. Yeah. <laughs> I went downstairs a minute ago, and they uh, actually, I checked my email, and I saw that my package was delivered. Excellent. Uh, Legion Archives 8 is here. I'm about to slide it on the shelf. It was sitting out in the rain, Wow. but it was in a plastic bag. Uh, this is a brand new, unopened edition, so it's wow. pretty cool. Well, that's excellent news for you. That's a, that's a happy ending to that story, man. Like, um... Yeah, and you're really rolling. And I think you took a bit of inspiration from me when it comes to collecting hardcovers. You really seem to have picked up a notch as soon as you started. Mm-hmm. You know, you just you basically woke up. You, you, you Sometimes you wake up and think, why don't I have these things? <laughs> they're not that expensive. I can have them. Once they're on the shelf, they're on the shelf, and no one can take it away, you know? You're so right, Dave. And, you know, for the Legion, you know, I thought it was worth it. You know, I'm not going to be doing that for everything, but no, no, for no. these guys. Uh, did, did you get your uh, Before the Darkness Volume 2? Yes. Got it last week. It's on my shelf. So I still need mine, and then I'll be done. Yeah. Um, And there's just that small period of Bronze Age before the before the before the darkness, which you've now got in archives, which they haven't collected recently. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. Those sweet archives. Yep. Yeah. So basically, for listeners, it's the it's the it's the gap between the last Silver Age Ominous Volume Three and the start of the Before the Darkness uh, hardcovers. Am I right? Yeah, it would be like archive ten or eleven through thirteen. Cool, so. uh, all good, man. Yeah. Um, well, look, I want to say thank you so much, Adam, for coming on, and thank you to all the listeners. Good night. Mm-hmm.